It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It's Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. We had one of our twice-weekly meetings with our boss yesterday, and he mentioned that the podcast is still growing. So oh, that's awesome. That's very cool. So a, a real, a very sincere thank you to anybody who's shared this podcast with anyone in your circle. If you've, you know, played an episode or just a, a segment from it for somebody, that's like the coolest thing you could do for us. So thank you. Thank you for that. On today's show, we got a TV trope, we got a heritage moment. It's about the Battle of Alberta. I'm going to play a clip of a rare miss from the Arkells, a rare fail, I would say. I was shocked by this. Yeah. They rarely, as you say, very rarely do they miss. They are one steady band, Mm -hmm. and this was not one of those instances. They still wear those goofy wigs in British court, and we're going to talk about that. (laughs) A character from folklore that's even more terrifying than you might think. Got more white girl sayings. Talk a bit about uh, Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter. Something you can get at Costco that is absolutely hilarious, but might also save you some money. First, your out-of-context clip of the show. You know, I can get a lot of trouble for showing Get a load of this one. uh, Yeah, I got chubs. (laughs) I got all the chubs you need. What size you looking? The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Well, it is a proud tradition in radio that when a local sports team goes on a playoff run, Morning, terrible parodies. Morning shows have these terrible songs that they release in support of the playoff run, mm-hmm. um, and we thought this year we'd get out in front of it since the Flames are looking strong. Yep, put a, we put together a collection for you. <laughs> terrible morning radio parodies for the Flames playoff run. See the flames, see the flames. If no one is around, you say, "Money, I love you." If you ain't winning games. You'll want to gouge your ears out. I see you skating on down with the puck alone, and I'm like, Kachuk, you. <laughs> Shoehorned lyrics sung terribly, but in earnest. You can control your own way. You can control your own way. Terrible morning radio parodies for the Flames playoff run. Flames! And as a special bonus offer, order now and you'll also get... Money, 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 money! Money! Money, 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 money! The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I was reading this forum about Costco and somebody mentioned an interesting tip on how to save money, Beckler. And as everything is becoming more expensive, we love to pass these tips along to you guys. So I am all ears, Shauna. And, and especially as a Costco member. And a cheap man, and a very cheap man. Exactly. Uh, this is for you. So uh, if you're looking to seriously stock up on ground beef. I am. Okay, great. Apparently, you can go to the butcher counter at Costco and ask for a 10-pound chub. That's what it's called. A 10-pound chub. So it's a big chub of beef. Now, I've never heard this term before, but anyway, so I... Is some, is someone yanking your chain here, They Sean? might be. I don't know. But anyway, this Carry is... On, according sorry. to somebody who works there, this is what they're saying. So regular ground beef is, say, three forty nine a pound. And I guess they make this beef because they take the fat trimmings from cutting steaks, and then they, they mix it with the chubs to bring up the fat content and increase the profits. So I guess, though, these 10-pound chubs are in the back, and they're around 5 to 8% fat. you got to stop fat. saying things like big fat chubs and only, beef chubs and 10-pound chubs. But they only cost two ninety nine a pound in contrast. So if you ask, okay, you can go to the counter, and you can ask for these chubs. 
And I guess they don't openly display the chubs, which is probably for the best, because if you did, you'd get arrested. So they don't. <laughs> do you have to wear a trench coat? While well, you're doing you have to go up to, to the butcher in a trench coat and, and be you, like, you have to put hey. the chub in your pocket, okay, and then hide it. You got any beef chubs back there? Yep. And then they, I hope actually it's the butcher who's wearing the, the coat, okay? So then he opens and he displays the chubs to you. He goes, we don't openly display these, but here they are. You know, I can get a lot of trouble for showing Get a load you of this, this one. But, uh, yeah, I got chubs. <laughs> I got all the chubs you need. What size you looking? If you're oh, wrong about this. If you walked in, you're gonna... If you walk up to Costco and they're wearing <laughs> trench coats and the butchers, then you understand. If you're wrong about this, I'm going to get thrown out of Costco. <laughs> they're going to they're going to call security right away. They'll be like, "You got a chub back harass, there? Were you harassing the butchers?" Hey, I hear you got a big chub. <laughs> Excuse me? I'm looking for a... Big, beefy chub. Real fatty, 10-pound chub. Oh chub God. of beef. I'm a, I'm a beef chub. What kind chub. of chubs you got back there? I'm a beef chub kind of guy. Hey, can you open <laughs> up that coat for me? I need to see the chub. There you go. You can save on a big chub, apparently, right? That's a, Stop that's a tip dirty. for you. Quit it. <laughs> quit I can't it, quit even it right say anything now. right now without it sounding dirty. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Have you seen this post making the rounds um, about Elon Musk buying Twitter and, you know, this... There's been a few of them. Yeah, that's no kidding. But this, uh, it's, in, it's in regards to this, like, this request he had of the UN World Food Program last year. Right. That if they could, like, give him a... A costed description of how six billion dollars could end world hunger. He would do it, and yes. then he didn't. So mm-hmm. this is—I'll read the meme to you exactly because this is the one that I've seen going around. Friendly reminder that Elon Musk told the UN if they gave him a budgeted breakdown of how six billion dollars could end world hunger, he would do it. They gave him a detailed budget of how the money could be used, and then he didn't do it. Instead, he decided to buy Twitter for forty-five billion dollars. Yes, I've seen this That's many, many one. a time. I mean. I can't believe I, I have to defend Elon Musk here. You know that I'm you not an Elon, like Elon Musk You don't like Elon Musk, fan. so it's odd to this hear this, yeah. hurts me to do it. Mm-hmm. But like when people share this dumb stuff, I have no choice. It's funny how nobody ever links to the plan that the UN World Food Program put forward to Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Because if you read it, I mean, the people probably didn't read it. But if you do, if you do look at that plan, detailed is not a word I would use to describe it. There's like four little paragraphs about how $6 billion could be used, not to end world hunger, but to help 42 million people around the world who are facing famine. Okay. And that's obviously a very important and noble cause. I think we would all agree that would be something that would be good to fund. Yep. But it's a far cry from ending world hunger, which is what the claim was. Gotcha. And if they want to call this, I mean, four paragraphs to spend $6 billion is not detailed. Like, when the public library orders new office chairs, they put forward a more detailed proposal than this. Yep. So, so okay. I think in this instance, like, to criticize Musk on that point, that he didn't throw $6 billion at this plan to, quote-unquote, end world hunger, is not fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to be fair, he could maybe have responded in some way to be like, okay, well, this is why I didn't give it to them and explain that further. But uh, even if he did, and maybe he did, we probably wouldn't see it because everybody just sees the initial that the he didn't tw- the send Twitter the six exchange. billion dollars and that right. would be it. And yeah. he's a bit of a Twitter troll, right? Mm-hmm. But he, I read that he did make a donation of, I think it was $5.74 billion at the end of last year 
but they don't know to which charity or whether it was specifically to address the issue of hunger around the world. But right. it's, like, it's not like he isn't doing any good with his money, right? Yeah. He's, he's donating money to charity, and people will say, well, that's for a tax receipt. But then I would say, what do you want from the man? Yeah. Do you want the donations or not? That's the tough thing. And so, this this type of thing seems to surface a lot with people who are very rich, right? Where it's just like, yes. well, you could have used that money for ending world hunger is always where we go back to. And people do often forget how much these people do, in fact, donate well, not just that, different but charities and that's a good point, too. But I talked about this back in, in, in July when Richard Branson and Jeff Bezos were going to space and people were saying they could have ended world hunger instead of this. And I'm like, well, first of all, no, they couldn't have. That doesn't yeah. even like that doesn't even make sense. How far do you think that money goes? And like, do you think these guys just have like cash sitting around? Like it's all tied up in the values of their companies. Right. Yes. And valuations so, that are often not real money. That's like, right. These things that, yeah, are not, it's not physical. It's like, yes, you can you can assume that somebody is worth this amount of money or has this amount of money, but it's not physical cash. It's like, yeah, if they were to sell off everything they own mm-hmm. and themselves. If it were that easy, if you could end world hunger for $6 billion, do we not think someone would have done it by now? Yeah. Like our government spent $512 billion in the first year of the pandemic. You're telling me we could have made it 518 and been the country to end world hunger? And we wouldn't have done that. That's it's just it's ridiculous. And I took a lot of heat when I said that, even from some people that I considered to be friends. Like, mm-hmm. They were upset with me for that. But it's like, do people read this? Like when these memes go out, do they do they look into it? Do they read this stuff, or do they just repost it because they don't like wealthy people and it feels good? I don't even know if it's that they don't like wealthy people, but they do see something like this that shakes them, and then they retweet it Ooh, for that's sure. That's good. It's like, no, that's a waste of your time. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. We haven't really talked about Elon Musk buying Twitter. I mean, we did a eulogy for it yesterday for yep. the people who say they're leaving the platform because of this. Um, kind of got into it there and then just now. But do you have an opinion on it, Shauna? Do you? I uh... No. No? <laughs> uh, honestly, I th- I think we even said that in the eulogy. I was like, I have to be honest, I don't really care. I don't know what's going to change about it. You know what I mean? Like, he's talking about, yes, making it a better platform for free speech. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's it. Like, I don't think we're going to know w- if it's going to change at all or how it's going to change until he actually gets in there and changes. And to be honest, I, I think it's probably going to be pretty much the same. Well, I mean, anybody who has that kind of control over... A platform I think they have their own biases and stuff like this isn't necessarily to do with Twitter I'm gonna start referring to it as Elon Musk's Twitter from now on if that's okay yeah Um, but I saw yesterday that he he canceled the the order for a Tesla for someone who criticized him so it's like he's not impervious to yeah um, and is that how he's going to you know work with Twitter or I don't know or not and if so I I just can see people like just not using it anymore, you know, like and now it's going to be his definition of free speech instead of someone else's and like, yeah, you need I mean, I am all for free speech, but you still need some controls on a platform like that, right? Like anything that's illegal shouldn't be allowed but to be and, honest, and, like it seems like whoever owns these these social media companies really have the ultimate control no matter what. Yeah. Like now we just know the name of the dude and we know that he's a guy who has a lot of money, but there's always people at the top of these platforms yep. and we're you know we're dealing with our bias all the time without even realizing it so it might even be better because at least now the bias might be more obvious hmm. we know more about him we know a lot about him we know what he does on the side not elsewhere to make his money so it's like i wonder if that will actually be more beneficial than 
people, you know, behind the curtain who are faceless. And but Twitter was run by Jack Dorsey, who's not faceless. We know quite yeah. a bit about him as well. He's a weird dude. There. Um, he's not one of the richest men in the world, though. <laughs> well, he'd probably be up there. I'm, You're sure, right, he's, though. I'm sure he's a billionaire. He'd make a lot of money now. Yeah, that would being a billionaire, I think, would qualify you as one of the richest men in the world. Yeah. But you're right, though. It's like it doesn't. It's too much control over such a a large platform for like any one person to have, isn't yes. it? Because then you're at the whims of what they want you to say. Or and I think that down the line, there's going to be a lot more legislation involved with how these different platforms are run. Yeah, well, I, I wonder. They're just so powerful, and they yeah, you know, they stretch. I mean, they're they're global, so it's like what. What Basically, government can really stop them? You have to be like essentially forming their own their own government per platform, like having a board of governors or a just to have more people have say. I think, right? Like just to make sure that yeah, it's not extremely one sided or there isn't a ton of misinformation floating around. I don't know how you go about that, but again, I it, we forget how new the internet kind of still is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and the information we get from it. So every year I feel like we're learning and we're going to have to try and figure out ways to make sure that things aren't completely, you know, hidden and the wool isn't completely pulled over our eyes. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You and I are both big fans of the Arkells, correct, oh, Shauna? I love the Arkells. I know, I do too. And I think most people who listen to X probably like the Arkells. Yeah. Their music is great. They're such cool and likable guys. And I've always thought they like, they play the business side of the music game as well as anyone. Oh my they're, God, do they ever. It's very good at promoting themselves. Social and, media and everything else, they're on point. Yeah. All the time. And they, they they rarely miss. Like I can think of, like I can count on one hand the number of Arkell songs and performances where I was like, eh, you know what, that wasn't really for me. Yeah. Most I, of them are bangers. I haven't been to a bad Arkell show. Like it just no. does and I've been to, I don't know, almost just, 20 probably. Yeah. Yeah. Great songs, wicked live shows. But yep. this clip came across my feed. Uh, they played in Oshawa the weekend before last, and they did a cover of a song. Okay. They did a cover of Sum 41's Fat Lip. And they brought out uh, Dave Brown sound from Sum 41. And That's cool. it wasn't good, buddy. Oh. It wasn't good. I'm gonna waste my time, become another casualty of society. I'll never fall in line. Come another victim of your conformity. Oh, God. Hmm. Hmm. Because yeah. I'm not listening. Oh, God. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going oh on there. My. Uh, a rare miss for the Arkells. Yeah. And maybe, you know, they're thinking, okay, it's a kind of a punk song. It's meant to be uh, kind of sloppy and just energetic yep. and fun like that. But, but they uh, didn't pull it off. No, it wasn't. Uh, no. I've Like I said, I, wow. I can't think of many occasions where I was like, no, that wasn't it, nope. Arkells. That wasn't. And, you know, I, I don't play this to shame them. I play it maybe as a reminder that nobody is 100% all of the time. No. Even when you're as cool as the Arkells. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I get that they 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 tried. They, they tried. They tried. The crowd seemed to be digging it, but yeah, they tried. VNS in twenty minutes or less. I was laying with my four-year-old son Brigham last night. He was having trouble falling asleep, and I told him, "I said, just relax and like let the Sandman do his thing." 
And then, of course, you wanted to know who the Sandman was. And I realized I didn't actually know. I was about to say, that, I don't I don't know who the Sandman man you, is. Have you heard of the Sandman? He yeah, is. supposed to help kids I mean, fall I know asleep. Ender Sandman by Metallica. Same guy. Yeah. Same guy. Do you know uh, this song, famous old song? Mr. Sandman. I've heard that song. Never heard that song. I think it's been used in a lot of movies. And TV yeah, I was going to say like maybe that first part, but I haven't really listened to the lyrics of it. So the Sandman is a character from European folklore, and he he sprinkles sand in the children's eyes to make them fall asleep and bring them good dreams. I'm sorry, he sprinkles sand sand into children's eyes. That's how it goes. And is, the, is that supposed to be a good? Have you ever had sand in your eyes, sir? Uh, it's not good. Okay, not good. But I don't know how that would help you sleep. All but right. they say you know when you wake up with like sleep in the corner of your eyes, oh. like that grit. That's because the Sandman was there. I see. That's his handiwork. That's sand. Okay. But like a lot of these, you know, f- characters from folklore, the origin story is a little bit horrifying. Or I mean, the versions that they told kids a few hundred years ago. Oh, God. It's pretty horrifying. I mean, sand in the eyes alone is not good, so it gets worse? Well, in some versions, the the children, if you don't fall asleep, you get sand in your eyes, and then your eyes fall out, and he collects them. Oh, my God. And he puts them in a sack. And then in other versions, the sack is actually to steal the children who won't fall asleep. So you tell your kids, fall asleep, or the Sandman's going to come in here. He's going to sprinkle sand in your eyes, then toss you in a bag. He's going to pocket sand you. Holy crap. And then he's going to put you in a bag and take you, and we're just going to let it happen because you didn't go to sleep. Wow. So These are the types of things that you look back and you're like, what in the hell would you tell your child that for? No we're a lot harder back then, and this is why. It's because we were told yes. these types of things no, as children. Those kids okay? didn't misbehave. It's yeah. because they were traumatized. Yeah, absolutely. They were horrified. If they did misbehave, then the Sandman was going <laughs> to sprinkle sand in their eyes and toss them in a sack. There's a French Canadian version of this, and his name is, and I can't, you know my, you know my yeah. French. It's okay. great. Uh, Bonhomme Sept Ours, which translates to yeah. seven o'clock guy. Bonhomme okay, yeah. <laughs> is that how you say it? Well, it's closer, yeah. It sounded better when you said it. Instead of set her. Seven o'clock guy. Bonhomme. But yeah, he, th- okay. in, in that version, he throws sand in the children's eyes to then capture them. So he temporarily blinds them and makes them easier to catch. <laughs> wow. This is just... Yeah. Okay. Did, did a lot of children back then throw sand into one another's eyes as self-defense? Because after hearing those stories, you'd be like, all right. I'm the Sandman. Oh, I'm the Sandman. Oh, my God. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Did you know that in British courts, they still wear wigs, Speckler? And I mean those old-style colonial white wigs that you see, like, that King George II would wear. You the know? curly ones? The curly ones. I think I saw something not that long ago where I was like, "Yeah, do they... St- Still do this everywhere there, mm-hmm. or is that? Yeah, I, I saw it on TV and I looked into it because I was like, they don't still wear wigs like that, do they? And they do. In fact, it's considered disrespectful if you're not wearing one of those wigs. If you're a judge or a lawyer in court, so you have to walk into the courtroom with this piddly little ridiculous wig on your head. And it's funny because they're they're small, and so it's clear that your hair is underneath, and it's you are dressed. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen dressed it. in costume. You know what I mean? Like. You just, I have to be honest, if I was getting into law and then I found out you had to wear a pretty little wig on your head like that, I would probably change course. Yeah, no kidding. And also, how do you take, I mean, 
this is what I mean. Court's pretty serious. Yes. Like if you're being sentenced by a judge, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, you're getting. I can't take you serious. You're getting yeah, into it with somebody, and your wig flies off your head. Never. I like how wig do you gone. take yourself serious. You look at yourself wig and you're gone. like, look at this beautiful. Like I am powerful. I am going into court, and then you look at your head and you're like, what in the hell am I wearing on my head? Like my little condom up there, a little curly condom. I went to school for so long oh my to look this ridiculous. To look this silly. That's one of those traditions where you just think we probably could we probably could not, hey? Yes. We probably don't have to. This is what's like <laughs> if we just didn't do this. I know. They say like they love the tradition of it and it's oh, like man. no you don't. No, but who who loves the tradition <laughs> it's of that? Like, super silly. Like who likes to play dress up that much that they're just like no 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 this is everyone we need to put these silly wigs on our heads okay? And does like does it mean something? No. It doesn't affect your ability to do the job at all. No, in fact it makes like what happens if you're running late one day and you forget your piddly wig? Okay. <laughs> Do they have like a standard little box and you have to toss one on from the box while you walk in? You have Gross. To, you, you have to improvise. Like you're you're digging through the garbage in the bathroom. Like, oh, I'll take these toilet paper rolls and I'll clip these in my head and put some paper towels over top. They have like a cabinet full, full of loner wigs. Yeah, we spray them down with antiseptic. It's behind. Same stuff they use in bowling oh shoes. Don't God. worry. They're clean. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You and I are both big fans of the Arkells, correct, oh, Shauna? I love the Arkells. I know. I do, too. And I think most people who listen to X probably like the Arkells. Yeah. Their music is great. They're such cool and likable guys. And I've always thought they like, they play the business side of the music game as well as anyone. Oh, my they're, God, do they ever. It's very good at promoting themselves. Social and, media and everything else, they're on point yeah. all the time. And they, they they rarely miss. Like I can think of, like, I can count on one hand the number of Arkell songs and performances where I was like, eh, you know what, that wasn't really for me. Yeah. Most I, of them are bangers. I haven't been to a bad Arkell show. Like, it just no. does, and I've been to, I don't know, almost just, 20 probably. Yeah. Yeah. Great songs, wicked live shows. But yep. this clip came across my feed. Uh, they played in Oshawa the weekend before last, and they did a cover of a song. Okay. They did a cover of Sum 41's Fat Lip. And they brought out uh, Dave Brown sound from Sum 41. And That's cool. it wasn't good, buddy. Oh. It wasn't good. I'm waste my time, become another casualty of society. I'll never fall in line. Come another victim of your conformity. Oh, God. Hmm. Because yeah. I'm not listening. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure what was going on oh, there. My. Uh, a rare miss for the Arkells. Yeah. And maybe, you know, they're thinking, okay, it's kind of a punk song. It's meant to be uh, kind of sloppy and just energetic yep. and fun like that. But, but they uh, didn't pull it off. No, it wasn't. Uh, no. I've Like I said, I, I can't think of many occasions where I was like, no, that wasn't it, nope. Arkells. That was, and, you know, I, I don't play this to shame them. I play it maybe as a reminder that nobody is 100% all of the time. No. Even when you're as cool as the Arkells. Wow. Yeah, I mean, again, they 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 tried. They, they tried. They tried. The crowd seemed to be digging it, but yeah, they tried. BNS in twenty minutes or less. What do you think of Edmonton, honestly? What do you really Edmonton? think of Edmonton? What do I think of the old Yeg? Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, it's Edmonton, you know. It's an Alberta rivalry. I, I, I can't like Edmonton. If you were forced, Jackman, to say something nice about Edmonton, to say something good, if you were in the court of law and you had to defend Edmonton, uh, what would you say? They got some nice silver balls. Is there anything they do better than Calgary or anything that's better about Edmonton than Calgary? Uh, they got a better mall. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. They got a better mall. We're asking this because I was watching the National Morning Show this morning, and they often go to a weather map, right, for the national weather, and they always show Edmonton's temperature and not Calgary's. And I get it. They're broadcasting from Toronto, and they're probably just showing the capitals, right? But mm-hmm. I almost want to phone them up and be like, I feel like we deserve it more. Like, I, <laughs> If you're only going to mention the weather in one city in, one of these in cities, Alberta, it should, it should be us. And I know I'm kind of biased because I live here, but I truly think Calgary is better. And it caught me thinking, I was like, do people in Edmonton truly feel that Edmonton is, is a better city? I don't know, because you and I both lived there. We did. And I, I've got to be honest, I, I pick, I much prefer Calgary. But again, I was like, maybe it is because I've spent more time here. Maybe I'm just biased because I have spent more time. Maybe I would prefer Edmonton if I did live there. It got me thinking this would be a fun exercise. If you if you had to defend Edmonton in the court of law, what would you say? What it what do they have that's better than Calgary? I prefer Calgary too, but I mean the differences aren't as big as we pl- as we play up. I think you that's know, it's true. just kind of fun to poke fun. Absolutely, at them, but, I mean, yes. it's a good city too. I enjoyed living there. What do they do better? Um, Edmonton is better in the summer. I'll say You're that. Right. Their weather is better in the summer. Yep. There's something going on every weekend there. The festivals that they have. Again, that's I more think, than offset by the winters. There, I was going to so. say. And that's because they have to make up for those awful winters yep. somehow. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, like, they do have, obviously, a better arena. And the uh-huh. district around the arena now is better than ours. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's, that's true. That's one. Um, I would say... Although last time I was there, remember, it was surrounded by puke. Like... <laughs> Every, There's so much puke. There was so much puke all around there that it actually it kind of ruined it for me. So I mean that offsets it. Too. Um, people I find in Edmonton are very down to earth. Mm, yes. In Calgary, I think Calgary is just a bit of a faster city in that sense. Like yeah. maybe people here are maybe slightly more concerned with you know keeping up appearances and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I find the busier the city's core is, the more that becomes yeah, the case. For sure. And so that just because of our. Our core, and we're a little more white collar, I guess, than than Edmonton yep. because of that. Yeah, well, Terry's I, a friendly guy, and there that's are it. tons of Terry's in Edmonton. There, there are tons of them. Just a again, ton they, of them. They like to puke all around the arena, though. They get a little too drunk. VNS in twenty minutes or less. Got a couple more TV tropes for you, Beckler. I'm ready. First of all, how often people sleep in in TVs and movies? Like, alarms clearly just don't work in TV studios or ever, for that matter, because the number of times, just about every time there's a morning shot, one character has slept in, and then they jump up in this panic, and they rush out the door. You know what I mean? In fairness to that trope, Mm -hmm. I'm good for one of those every few months on this show. Yeah. And then I drive like a demon to get here and usually miss the first 15 minutes of the show or so. Fair. And I, I mean, I understand people sleep in, but like once every couple years, maybe not every single morning. And then when this happens, it's also really funny because the female character always does the exact same thing. If she's the one to sleep in, okay, she jumps up in an absolute panic and then she hops around on one foot trying to get trying to get that, that high heel back on yep. as she's running out the door and she's still putting a shirt on. But there's always this one foot hop that happens like she's a kangaroo on one leg just hopping around the room like oh my god get out of here when it happens in a family situation one of the parents has made an extravagant breakfast yes. and the other parent is is late so they just grab a piece of toast on the way out 
and leave the breakfast untouched. And we've talked about that before, the breakfast TV tropes, right? Where there's always these elaborate breakfasts and you're like, who in their right mind ever has the time to make an obnoxious spread and then, breakfast. and then doesn't eat it because they're late. And then nobody late. eats they just, it, yes. Like, how upset would you be if you went through all that trouble and your partner just like slept in and was late for work and then didn't or didn't eat it? Even you know? when they're not late for work, it's the kids. They'll walk <laughs> by this entire table, this spread that's been put out, and the kid takes the one, one piece of toast, right, and then walks out the door. If you were a parent, you'd be like, you sit down and you eat this. You know how much <laughs> we are blood, gonna... sweat, and tears I put into this breakfast. <laughs> Look at it. Uh, what's even more perplexing, though, is this happens. One character sleeps in, and then the other character convinces them to just stay in bed a little bit longer, too. That's another one that always goes down, right? Right, because they're in love. Yes, because they're in love. Yeah. These are very lenient bosses that you have. Not only are you late, <laughs> you are then convinced to turn around and have a quickie <laughs> while you're at it, and then you show up like, to work. No, you don't understand. Like, I need to go to work on time, or I will lose my job. Yes. That's what, then, but this takes very this little coaxing. Really, this isn't really negotiable. Like, I have to be at work at this time. That's just how it works, you know? Oh, yeah, just, I have time. Just a few Can't more minutes. Just a few I, minutes longer? Yeah, I'm going to come back no, into really. bed. And, it's important that I nope. get to work or we're not going to have a place to live. I don't have time for <laughs> lateness and then a quickie. VNS in 20 minutes or less. A Calgary Heritage Moment. As we near the start of the NHL playoffs, there's some excitement over a potential second or third round meeting between the Flames and Oilers, a playoff battle of Alberta. But even though we normally discuss the battle of Alberta in terms of sports rivalries, the battle between these two cities actually predates organized sports. In fact, it dates back to pre-contact Aboriginal cultures. During the fur trade, the Blackfoot Confederacy would not allow the Hudson Bay Company to establish itself within Blackfoot territory, preferring to ride to what was then called Edmonton House to trade. Around this time, some Cree and their allies pushed south onto the plains and became rivals of the Blackfoot, creating a divide between the north and south. Another bitter battle between these two areas arose when the Canadian Pacific Railway suddenly shifted its planned route from a northern route via Edmonton to a southern path via Calgary. This was a real slight to Edmonton, entrenching the rivalry even further. Even when it comes to hockey, the rivalry between the two cities began far before the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames were formed. It actually started in 1895. A team formed mostly of Calgary firefighters, or Calgary's Fire Brigade as it was known, traveled to Edmonton to play against the mounted police team from Fort Saskatchewan and the Edmonton Thistles. Calgary shut out both teams in what was the first official recorded game between these two cities. The first professional hockey game was in 1921 with the founding of the Western Hockey League. The Calgary Tigers and Edmonton Eskimos were formed and the Eskimos actually won the WCHL title in 1923. They lost the Stanley Cup to the Ottawa Senators, however. The following year, it was Calgary making an appearance in the Stanley Cup Championship, but they too lost to the Montreal Canadiens. The WCHL eventually folded, and professional hockey in the two cities ceased until 1972, when both Calgary and Edmonton got new teams. Unfortunately, Calgary's team, the Broncos, folded before they even played a game. The Calgary Cowboys then arrived in 1975, but they too were short-lived, only lasting two years. It wasn't until the WHA merged with the NHL that the hockey rivalry really gained steam. The Atlanta Flames moved to Calgary in 1980, and the Edmonton Oilers joined the NHL the year before, meaning the big question of who would be the best team in Alberta was often discussed. The rivalry became extremely intense when these two teams were arguably the best in the league. At least one of them was in the Stanley Cup Championship for eight years running, the Oilers competing six times and the Flames twice. This was certainly when the Oilers were in their heyday, and it's been a rough go for them since. Go Flames. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment.
You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.